You're listening to Answering Difficult Questions Biblically, a Sunday school series taught by Pastor Dan Christians at Maple City Baptist Church in Chatham, Ontario. For more information about Maple City, please visit us online at maplecitybaptistchurch.com. All right, good morning, everyone. Thank you all for joining us today for another uh, tough, answering tough questions biblically. That's our goal. Um, We're taking your questions and some questions that the teens have asked in the past and trying to answer them. And so we've got a couple uh, questions today. Um, And one of them is a follow-up from last week. And so we will start with a word of prayer and then get into the lesson. So let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you for your goodness and your grace. Lord, I thank you for uh, your willingness to condescend yourself to humans like us um, who are so weak and frail. And Lord, I I wonder sometimes what you think when you look down at at our questions. Um, And Lord, I I pray that as we seek to answer them in a way that glorifies you, that you would um, reveal to us what your word says, that you would use your spirit to confirm in our hearts what's true. Um, And Lord, I pray that we would just be humble enough and willing to, to listen to your word and to bow before it. And thank you, Lord, and we love you, and we pray that this glorifies Christ. We pray in his name. Amen. All right, so um, last week we discussed in longer detail the gift of tongues, all right? And so if you weren't here for that, you can always get the recording if you'd like to. Um, But there was a couple follow-up questions that came in from that question, and so I thought I would address those this morning before we get into the next question. We'll spend our bulk of the time in the next question. This will be quick. Um, But one of the questions that came in was, um, if, if we believe that tongues was a miraculous sign gift that was used to confirm the Bible, um, to confirm the new revelation of God, but it is not in use for the church today, then what do we do if we go to a church, say we're visiting a church, and people start speaking in tongues? What should our response be? And, and the first thing I want to say is, I, want, I hope I made this clear before, and I want to just reiterate that there are far more important doctrinal questions than the question of tongues, okay? Like, before you worry so too much about exactly what to do in this specific area, um, make sure that, like, there's a lot of churches that have Jesus wrong, right? They, they don't recognize Jesus as the only Savior, that he was the Son of God who came to die for us, that his blood is the only payment that is efficacious to save us from our sins, and so make sure they get Jesus right, that they've got the gospel right, and, and then the word of God. And for me, if they've got those three things right, then at least we're starting off on a firm foundation, right? Because if you don't have the word in common, right, if you've, if you've got a church that is not 100% sure that the Bible is the word of God and that it is inerrant and that we can trust it for everything, that it should be our sole authority for life and for doctrine and for practice, then we're not on the same foundation, okay? Now, having said that, I think that the Bible actually gives very clear instruction about how tongues is to be used. We talked about that last week in 1 Corinthians 14. And so, if you went into a church and they believed in the continuing gift of tongues, but they practiced it biblically, like in 1 Corinthians 14, then if, I mean, you have to do what your conscience tells you to do. I would stay, and I would 
worship as I can with the church, and, and I would try to learn. Um, if my conscience didn't allow me to stay for whatever reason, then I would quietly leave, all right? Because I think that, that we must understand that there are biblical policies and procedures that the Bible gives us for dealing with things in a church that we don't agree with, okay? And I would say that if we're not a member of that church and we're not in relationship with those brothers and sisters and leadership of that church, then we really have no place to, to say anything or correct anything, okay? Quietly leaving is always the best thing to do. And that's, that's not necessarily just true for this issue. That's true um, anytime that, all right? And so if, if you ever get asked your opinion, man, you can give it. Um, so that, that's what I would do if uh, attending a church. And I, really the issues of Jesus, the gospel, and the word of God, if they've got those things right, the brothers in Christ, sisters in Christ, and so we, we worship as we can, all right? And again, I think that that goes back to what we said earlier on, that there are certain issues that aren't essential issues, um, but they are issues that affect our worship, our practice uh, in the church. And maybe one more point. There are um, some things, some issues, that it is easier if you believe that they do continue or that they are allowed to attend anywhere than if you believe that they're not. So, for example, if I believe that God has a plan for men and women and that's to complement one another and that, that God has given different roles for men and women in the family and in the church, um, I can go to a church that, that practices that doctrine, that practices that, that belief. But it'd be very difficult to attend a church that, that was egalitarian because as soon as the woman gets up to preach, then it would be difficult for me because it would, it would feel biblically wrong, all right? But if I was somebody who was egalitarian, I believe that women should preach, um, but I went to a, a church and there was a man preaching, that wouldn't trouble me, right? That's not a problem. And so sometimes when we're, we're more narrow in our beliefs, it's actually harder to find a place we worship. Um, one thing that I, I think we always have to temper ourselves then is that when Paul wrote to the church of Corinth, who was a completely messed up church, he never told anyone to leave. Well, he did tell one person to leave, and the person was, was the person that was in sin. He was in unrepentant sin, uh, sleeping with his mother-in-law or something. And so <laughs> he, he's not, like, God's design for us is to grow within his church. The church is his program for discipleship, and it's never going to be perfect. You're not going to find a perfect church. And so God wants you to be part of a church, even if it's not perfect, okay? Now, we live in a day where you can actually go to different places and find a place that lines up, you know, closely with where you're at, and, and that's fine. That's, that's good for you to do. But um, just don't get Ah, don't get like overly judgmental to the point that you couldn't attend anywhere. There, there are some theologians in the past that have done this and they, they died not attending a church because they couldn't find one that was good enough. And I, I, that troubles me a lot. I don't think Paul would ever recommend that. So that's all, all for that. Um, the second part of that question is if we encounter someone who's speaking in tongues and, and they have an interpreter, how do we know if they actually are interpreting correctly uh, or if they are interpreting at all? And we, you don't know, right? You can't know. Um, uh, I think that, as we talked about last week, that tongues is a real language, and so um, if that is 
if it sounds like a real language and the person's interpreting, I mean, you, you don't know. And so I just, I don't think you can, I don't think you can make any judgment call or, or should. Um, the third one is, what would you say to another Christian who says that they wish they could speak in tongues? And, and I, I think it depends if you want an argument. <laughs> um, but I would probably tell them, first of all, 1 Corinthians 12, First Corinthians, or Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, are the chapters in the Bible that speak most about the gifts of the Spirit. And so I would encourage them to read those chapters because they will find that there are many gifts that the Spirit gives. And that, that in those chapters, God talks about the fact that uh, His church is a body. And that every part of the body, whatever gifting you have, all of them are essential to the health of the body. And so we should glory in whatever gift that God has given us, and we should use whatever gift that is to the glory of God. And so it's not a, I mean, it's a problem when we're like, I want this gift and not the one I'm given. No, be thankful for what you're given. Be content with what you have. And then be thankful that God is gifting the church in in a variety of ways. Um, Depending on your relationship with them, you might also want to to have a conversation that says, hey, just so you know, this is where I'm at. I, I don't believe in the continuation of the miraculous sign gifts. You could have that conversation with them. Um, But I think that everybody will be able to agree that there are many different gifts. Um, In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul makes it clear that prophecy is better. And so you could show them that too. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about what you've just heard or are interested in the ministry of Maple City, please visit our website at maplecitybaptistchurch.com.